Welcome back to Brian's Rompod. I hope you are having a great week. Well, this week I'm interviewing Tamsin, who is currently coached by Andrew Wren. Now, you may remember I interviewed him some time ago. If you haven't come across the podcast of Andrew, then please do go and have a listen. Anyway, I've split our interview with Tamsin into two parts. The first, she talks about how she got into running and her running achievements, plus some of the other coaches she has used. In the second part, I asked her about how she discovered Andrew and some of the training she is currently doing. I really do hope you enjoy our chat. So you're thinking about running, but not sure how to take the first step. My name is Brian Patterson, and I'm here to help. Welcome to Brian's Rompod. Welcome back to Brian's Rompod. And today we have another guest with us today. Now, you may remember that I did have an interview with a local running coach called Andrew Wren. And I was very keen on someone who has or was, is, or has been coached by him. Today, I'm very lucky to have Tanzin Birdland, who has agreed to be on Brian's Rompod. Thank you very much for coming. And she said her experience of running happened First experience of running happened in the first year of secondary school when she entered a 1,500-metre race on sports day. And she says, and I quote, I had no running experience, no inherent fitness, and I came last by a long way. But everyone was lovely, and it was because on each lap I was waving and smiling at spectators. And that so reminds me of many intra-school races that I had that I entered into. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tamsin, for coming to the podcast. Uh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here. I should just say that I entered because nobody else in my class would step up. <laughs> Everybody was looking at the wall or the ceiling, and I was the only one who said, oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, that was your, your first experience. But had you been quite active at school after that? In Not terms really. of no. no, I was a typical adolescent girl who really didn't want to do sport because it was too embarrassing. Really, mm-hmm. I think so. I really, the, by the time I was seventeen, eighteen, I, I must have been so unfit. I just, I did nothing to be honest. <laughs> okay, so what was that sort of that that pivotal moment where you thought maybe I'll give fitness fitness a try? Yeah, I think. I did. I had two elder brothers who were really sporty. So mm. sport was very much a part of my life, but mainly just watching other people do it. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Um, so I think really it was, I was much older, probably in my mid to late 20s. I found myself very drawn to running. I used to always watch the Little London Marathon. Right. I used to right. just, for some reason, I just found it compelling. Yeah. People could do that. Yeah. It never even occurred to me that I would ever run one marathon, let alone five. You know, I just, but You've done five? I've done five marathons. My gosh. Just gradually, I was drawn to it. And I, and in my early 30s, I did just start trying it out on the treadmill. I didn't want anybody to see me do it. Okay. I'd go out late at night and run up and down the road when nobody was looking. Oh, I see. And then I had my son. And I was quite ill after having my son. But mm. after about a year, it was just a, a friend of mine who also wanted to 
get fit after having a baby. Mm. And we just started doing, started running, going out together. Just we were both really unfit and really excited that we could run a mile. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, and it really snowballed from there. Do you did you find that sort of the benefits escalated quite quickly in terms of let's say you are running to the end of the road and then the next time you ran it was I don't know two streets ahead or something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, I think that early when you're either starting running or coming back from injury and haven't run for a while, those first few months where you, you can see some really tangible improvements, mm. that that is very highly motivating. And it's actually quite hard when that starts plateauing, I think. Oh, yeah. And because I noticed my daughter, who's at university at the moment, she started running, but it was like we totally unheard of that we'd ever have think of taking it up but she found say running to the bus was really you know beneficial absolutely. i think so that kind of general all-round fitness yes absolutely yeah mm-hmm. but when was the point when you really thought oh i'm going to start taking this a little bit more seriously i think i think we did a race for life that seems mm. to be the sort of required yeah. entry into, mm. <laughs> into running yeah, yeah and then went up to a 10k and I just started it was just becoming more and more of my life and I started training regularly and I, f- I found the runner's world smart coach which I think has been um, discontinued now but it, that's right. a training plan where you can put in a recent race time and it gives you a training plan based on oh, that I see, yeah. and I followed that I'm very good at following sort of orders <laughs> yeah. to say. and I followed that absolutely to the letter yeah. for a 10k yeah. and got a really good result that I was really happy with and I did it the same with my first half marathon and actually the, P, the the times that I got on those two so this is late 2000s mm. the times I got for those two still remain my pbs I've never got back to those times oh, again right. ever so uh, by that point I was hooked okay yeah. Yeah. and after the 10k I had I did a local 10k run by a local running club yeah. and after that they wrote to me to say we saw you were unaffiliated uh, so I didn't enter the race with saying that I was a member of a club so okay. if you are unaffiliated would you like to join us oh, uh, and that's so. how I joined Ran the Harriers all right which Harriers ran the Harriers oh, they're right. based in Petersham in oh, Richmond okay. yeah. oh, right. Okay. yeah all right okay all right so the, the the website, the Runners World website, yeah. they just say, oh, you need to be doing it three times a week. Yeah, and so the- it would have a, a four-week block. Yeah. And each week you would do a long run, an easy run, and a, a session, you yeah. know, a, a sort of quality session, yeah. which would either be tempo or speed work, speed work yeah. and then all the fourth week was always an easy week so you'd only do easy runs. I just found that structure really helpful yeah. and it, it was really effective. <laughs> was there... A session that you preferred or did you I quite enjoyed doing the quality sessions being able to to do a tempo run it's usually a three mile at a certain a reasonably challenging pace that mm. would be you'd come back from that thinking you'd really done something yeah so sort of done some work yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. I usually found that sometimes even though they're shorter if you're doing like a speed session yeah you feel a lot more a is harder and you yeah. feel a lot more invigorated mm, mm, yeah uh, whereas doing a long run you kind yeah, of, it's yeah. a bit of willpower just to get absolutely yeah yeah, yeah 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 so the so you did that 10k and you did the half marathon using that mm. and so you obviously got the bug 
So what might, what made you to progress to maybe taking up, maybe using a running coat? I think, so when did I first, I, I then did a, a marathon. Mm. And actually, to be honest, joining a club, if you go out on club sessions, you're almost using a coach to a certain extent anyway, because there's a lot oh, of okay. knowledge, more knowledgeable people there. Yeah. But I think, so I did, I did the Brighton Marathon. I followed a different training plan for that. I followed a training plan that incorporated a lot of cross training in as well, because I was concerned about being, getting injured by doing too many miles. It was a Furman Institute of Science and something, Furman training plan, and, and you can get those online as well. Right. And so I was doing, all my runs were, were quality sessions, and then my, the, what the equivalent of the easy runs was done using yeah. cross-training. So okay. I did rowing, quite a lot of rowing and swimming and cycling as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So they, they included that? Yeah, yeah they have a, a, a number of suggested cross-training plans that you can follow, yeah. yeah. And again, that, that marathon is still my PB as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to learn. Maybe I should go back to that. <laughs> yeah, you should be getting faster yeah. and faster. Yeah. Um, after that, I just did a lot of stuff with the club. And to be honest, I wasn't training very hard because I joined the club and, and I just liked running and chatting with people. <laughs> yeah, so my I, I think I'm the only person who joined a running club and my times got worse <laughs> um, because I just enjoyed the social aspect of it. But the first time I engaged a coach was when I decided to do the Tokyo Marathon and I decided wow. I wanted somebody who, first of all, it was more about core strength, so who could do me coaching in, in that respect but she was a runner right so um she actually wrote me a plan for brighton marathon as well so that was the first time i okay. engaged with a coach okay so what sort of things was she giving you on the core strength side it was we just did a session once a week in a park so it was all sorts of different sort of mainly body weight exercises it's a long time ago now i can't really remember what we were doing but i'm sure it was things like squats and and those sort of things yeah yeah so it was the overall yeah strength yeah. body strength yeah. type yeah. of thing yeah what by the way what is your pbs for your marathon oh do you want to know <laughs> they're not very impressive so my 10k is around 53 um, my, um, yeah, that's my, about mine. That's about mine. <laughs> my half marathon is one fifty-eight, so that's the only time I've gone under two hours for Brilliant. a half. Right. And then my my marathon is four twenty-one. Let's take a quick break. Just a short break to tell you about some exciting news. We have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Rompod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively, what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Now, back to the podcast. Okay, okay. Uh, how I'll be just quite interested in people who've done marathons because I've never mm. done it. Mm-hmm. I tried to enter thousand years ago but what was the biggest obstacle compared to let's say you've done a a half mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. thing yeah is there that much is it is the marathon a different beast I compared think so. to doing 
I think, I mean, you can get away with a half. I don't think a marathon yeah. will let you get away with cutting corners, to be honest. Yeah. So you have to be prepared to put the time in. Yeah. You have to be prepared to run at paces that you wouldn't necessarily want to be running at. So you have to put your ego aside, I think, and run slowly for a long time. And you really, you just have to be, yeah. So I think it's avoiding injury. I think yeah. the biggest thing with marathon training is because the long runs are so important. Yeah. You have to do everything to avoid injury. So that means not doing silly things. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Not running too fast, not jumping up your mileage too, too quickly. Yeah. I think they're probably the two mm. things that I would think that's come to mind. First of all, you, you have to be really disciplined mm. and, and just not get ahead of yourself. But also, Putting in the time. The time is really important. important. You've got so. to put. You've got to do the miles. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to do the miles. Yeah. Mm. But if you get injured, don't try to carry on because it. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to make life worse for yourself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's all right to have to take time out if you're injured. It's better to than try and move on. And it's mm. certainly not worth trying to catch up. Yeah. So if you're meant to have a 25 mile week, don't try to do 50 miles the next week. Do you? F- I don't know. Sometimes people argue that is the are there any health benefits for doing a marathon? Because obviously, it's there are health benefits in doing running, obviously, mm-hmm. sort yeah. of aerobically, that kind of thing. But when you're doing a marathon, it has a lot of stress in your joints yeah. and like uh, that kind of thing. I don't think there's a black and white answer to that. To be honest, a marathon for one person can be relatively straightforward, and for another, it can be a massive strain on the body. Yeah, yeah. I think I wouldn't. I, I really don't think I'm in a position to say yes or no. But yeah. I, I think you have to, I, I think you have to make a decision to do a marathon with a lot of thought and don't think it's something that you can take lightly. Obviously, go to a doctor, GP, <laughs> if you have any concerns, first of all. Yeah, although you have to, you would have to see somebody who understands, who's a rather friendly Yeah. Professor, I think you could see better people than probably a GP in respect of that, possibly. It really depends. If you're worried about your heart, then obviously. If there's fundamental health issues, then yes, absolutely. But I think it's also worth getting a good sports physio or sports therapist on your side as well who can help you through it. Yeah. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you on the GP side because they are – Jack of all trades, yeah. master of none sort of things. Maybe someone is more sports specific. Yeah. Yeah. He, you said your first coach, mm-hmm. she coached you prior to you doing the first marathon? Or was no, that, that, was, no was, that was Tokyo. So that was, that was, Tokyo. That was my, it was my second and third because I did Portsmouth in the run up to Tokyo. Right. <laughs> yeah. So she would coach me through those two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then she decided to give up coaching. Oh, did she? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't connected. Crazy to you. <laughs> So tell tell me a little bit more about Tokyo. What was Tokyo Marathon like? Tokyo was amazing. My, I'm totally jealous. <laughs> my brother lives. My brother has lived in Tokyo since 1990s. Was, but the reason why I actually did it was that a friend of mine from the club was trying to get all the marathon majors 
So she wanted to do Tokyo. And okay. she, I said, oh, if you go to Tokyo, I'll come with you because I can see my brother. It's one of those easily flippant, yeah. flippant yeah. remarks. That, that's what transpired. But the course was fun. The, the, the support on the course is absolutely amazing. It's crazy. You know, the Japanese people are so lovely. And it was just cheering all the way through. And yeah, it was a great experience from start to finish. And what was it like doing it in a different country? Did you feel there was less pressure? Pressure. Pressure is very internal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had been a bit injured actually going up to Tokyo, so actually being on the start line for me was that I'd achieved what I wanted to do because I'd, I'd thought a couple of months before I wasn't going to make the start line. So I really, although when I started training, I thought this is I'm going to smash this, I'm going to go for mm. my, my my Brighton time. But by the time I was on the start line, I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy this. And I just, I just jogged all the way around and I was just on a high. The last three miles are always awful. <laughs> and they were tough, but up to 22, 23 miles, I just had a ball and I had a dead even split. And I, it was just the way to run a marathon, to be honest, to just not have any expectations or pressure. Yeah. And I ended up doing it. It's my second fastest. I did it in 4.36. I don't know how that happened, but it was just yeah, it was well, utterly amazing. Like you said, you, you obviously really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, it must have been one of a wonderful experience. Yeah. Other plate countries have you run? Where else have I run? Yeah, I've been to a few. I did uh, the Marrakesh Half Marathon a few years ago. Yeah. I've and I've done, I've been to Germany and to France yeah. to do part runs. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it will probably occur to me again. I think they're the only place I've I've actually done events in. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And do you think there's there's something special about running (laughs) somewhere else, which isn't like your back door or something? I think all these things I've done as part of a group of people. Right. And it's for me, it's always been just spending time with people I enjoy mm. being with, doing things that I enjoy doing. So for me, they are special, but they're special because it's a, a sociable thing that I enjoy mm. doing. Mm. Yeah. Do you find, just going, just, just tapping into that, do you find that, let's say, running with other people is, it's, it's not just more enjoyable, but I just think it's more motivating. Yeah, do you think? I think it is motivating, but oh, for yeah. me, it is more enjoyable as well. I think nowadays, I started running, and before I joined the club, it was all about what I could achieve. And since really joining the club, and then maybe talk about it later with joining yeah. Park Run and, and yeah. other communities that I'm a member of, mm. it's actually. Running is second and the community that I'm part of is first now, definitely. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to someone who is hesitant about joining a community and what would you say, are the new, would you say that those are the, 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 the benefits of being involved in that kind of thing? Yeah, it worked for me. I wouldn't like to say that some people have different goals. Yeah. And I, at one point, I had very strong goals around what I wanted to achieve as a runner. And now I actually, if I could never get a PB again, which I probably won't, to be honest, but if I could never get a PB again, I would still be parts of these communities. If I got injured and I could never run again, I'd still be part of these communities because I'd still turn up and support and that kind of thing. So running has enabled me to 
just meet some of the most wonderful people, sportive people mm. and friends that mm. I could ever meet. And mm. so it's given me so much. From a, at least from a mental health point of view, it's, yeah. yeah. And there's no judgment. And, yeah, no. Exactly. I, I think we all have very, we all have expectations about ourselves. Yeah. But actually nobody else cares. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if no. I miss, if I can't get sub 30 at a park run, I'm the only person who cares about that. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else yeah. in front or behind me cares. Yeah. And I think it's important. Everybody's fighting their own battle out there on the course and, yeah. and nobody's judging other people. Yeah, I think that's the, the beauty about it. So you did the, like I said, we'll talk about the park run later. Mm. But So you had that one coach. Mm-hmm. Great. And then I, I understood then you've had, apart from Andrew, you've yeah. had one other. I had one other, other. yeah. yeah. So, so the, that came out of, we went to some friends and, and I went on a running weekend in Morocco in the Atlas Mountains, which mm. I'm um, very worried about the people yeah, we went there now. I know, I, um, I saw that picture yeah, on your page. Yeah, and it was run by husband and wife, although the wife wasn't there. His name is Tom Bon Payne. Yeah. And he's actually a competitive ultra runner in his own, own right, actually. He's very, very okay. good. And he runs, he does remote coaching as well so we had a lovely long weekend there and he Mm. he, and I spent quite a lot of time talking to him about his coaching and I'd had this seed in my mind about really wanting to do comrades tell tell me more what's that Uh, yeah okay comrades is an ultra marathon in South Africa oh gosh how far is it I honestly sorry I've blanked (laughs) I, I don't I can't remember how long it is but it's a very long ultra run that runs from Peter Maritzburg to Durban, I think. And then right. the, the year after, yeah. it runs from Durban to Peter Maritzburg. And there's a, there's a <clears throat> uh, one year it's up net uphill, one year it's net downhill. But it, it's a very grueling marathon with quite ultra marathon with quite a tight cutoff. Right. And my my grandparents used to live in Peter Maritzburg, and and I'd always had this idea in my mind that I would like to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to Tom about it and I decided to take up his remote coaching package Yeah. when I came back and we started working together. But that was in 2019 and very soon after COVID hit. Oh, yes, of course. And I kept with him for probably about another year. And actually the first year, year in 2020, when everything started moving, opening up again I was getting some and 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 on my own doing my training I was actually getting some really good times Mm. and it worked really well but then I started getting injured and I started started thinking I don't really know if I want this anymore suddenly I think Covid and the lack of travel and just a very different atmosphere suddenly the my idea of wanting to do comrades just dissipated (laughs) and I just suddenly thought actually I don't think I want this anymore and at the same time I was getting problems with my ankle and I just thought I'm just going to stop running for a while so I just said to Tom that I was going to take a break and I didn't know what was going to happen yeah so Uh, that's how that ended but I'm very amicably but and I I would really recommend him if somebody's looking for that for a coach. coach yeah what sort of what, did he differ wildly from your first coach? The difference, I think, is so that the first coach was very much just doing the weekly sessions, strength and conditioning sessions, and then she wrote me a plan and I spoke to her mm. every week about that. Tom was more 
It was actually, in some ways, it was similar that he would give you a plan, but it's totally bespoke. He would, we would, I'd speak to him once a fortnight. Mm. He would change plans around, just change it around depending on what had happened the previous fortnight. Yeah. Yeah, It was probably a little bit bespoke and a little bit more hands on than than Helen, but probably reasonably similar. Mm. So on with with Helen, did you yeah. get an opportunity to work together? Or, yeah, or? we talked a lot because I saw her yeah. once a week. So okay, yeah, yeah, she would, but she wasn't a coach. She didn't look at my running form or anything like that. Although she did, she did, she did see me on the track because we did a time mile together once. But but face to face, it was all about strength and conditioning, and then yeah. she would write her yeah write the plan for me as well. Okay, and Tom wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and. Did you see similar patterns between the two coaches in terms of the program that they run? Obviously, he yeah. was he was prescribing for an ultra. <laughs> well, we were just doing base yeah. training really at the time yeah. because I felt I needed oh, to I get see. my fitness up. But yeah. Tom had a quite a large repertoire of different sessions right. that I'd never seen before. Okay, so I would say yeah, he was probably a bit more. I don't want to say imaginative, but he right. he, he seemed to have a lot in his sort of. Yeah. his repertoire to, to pull out and it be which yeah. kept it interesting mm. <laughs> and they were all challenging obviously not the easy runs were but the, the quality sessions were all pretty challenging yeah so what an example <sighs> the float sessions i thought were amazing where, Float. yeah so you basically over the course of i can't remember now probably about 15 20 minutes you cycle between quite a hard pace and and slightly sort of easier pace but not an easy pace so you're you're really you're never actually getting back down to recovery and I mean that when I saw that session I thought how am I (laughs) gonna do that but actually I really it's one of those type two fun isn't it once you've finished you think oh that was really good yeah yeah that's you do get that a lot with that's what I like about doing those kind of speed sessions is that you find with that elevation of your heart rate and kind of that that endorphin rush once you finished you feel yeah yeah, I was all right but I didn't I wasn't looking forward to going (laughs) out in the first place yeah oh yeah so basically covid kind of put uh, on on that and then you didn't think so and that's a wrap for another exhilarating episode of Brian's Run Pod. Thanks for tuning in, folks. As always, we've got your back with all things running. And next week, get ready for some awesome beginner hints and tips to kickstart your running journey. Oh, and before we sign off, exciting news. We're now available on YouTube. So whether you're pounding the pavement or chilling at home, you can catch us there too. Plus, we have a new feature on the podcast. You can now send me a message. Yep, you heard it right. Brian's Ron Pod has become interactive with the audience. If you look at the top of the episode description, tap on send us a text message. You can tell me what you think of the episode or alternatively what you would like covered. If you're lucky, I might even read them out on the podcast. Hey, if you want to keep up with the latest updates, behind the scenes fun and even some exclusive content, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter or should I say X at Brian's Ron Pod. We've also just launched a shiny new Facebook page. Simply search for Brian's Rompod and give us a like. And don't forget to hop on over to Instagram where you can catch all our visual adventures at Brian's Rompod. For those of you who love diving deep into the episodes, head over to our website, www.brianesrompod.co.uk. And there you'll find detailed show notes, handy chapter markers, make it too easy to navigate through our favourite discussions.
please leave a review as it will always help find others find this podcast. Music is by Happy Days by Stock Audio, not forgetting artwork by Alice Patterson. Till next week, thanks again for listening. 